0: We are on the Gemara in Yenva Muslam on 32b2 in the Archgrill Gemara. Uh, we just concluded the Gemara which said that the Machlokas between Rabi and Rab Shimon, uh, we, we thought that we had a dispute between Rabi and Rab Shimon about whether we hold of Isr Khal Isr or Ain Isr Chalal Isr. We thought that Rabiosi was of the opinion that Isr Khal Isr, that when there's already a pre-existing prohibition, and that the relationship is a type of relationship where there's already a prohibition for them to uh, have relations. So then Rabbi Yosef the opinion, is of the opinion that you could add another prohibition. There could be another prohibition. There could be a different way in which uh, the same act will cause two different violations. Rabbi Shimon was of the opinion that, no, in Yisra isr, that once it's defined as one type of relationship, so then there cannot be an additional type of prohibitive relationship. That's what we thought. The Gemara concludes in the end that, no, it's not really true. Both and Rabi and Shimon hold a Isr Chalal Isr. That there is uh, no uh, Isr, the second prohibition, cannot exist if there's already a first prohibition, uh, which is already in existence. When Rabi said uh, that there could be a, a prohibition of Achos Isha and ishas Ach, when he said that in the context of two brothers marrying two sisters... He agrees that whoever gets married first, so then the then there's a prohibition to that sister-in-law uh, in that direction. Let's say a person marries his wife first, so then he's prohibited to his wife's sister. If a person's brother marries first, so then he's then he's prohibited to uh, that that sister-in-law through his brother's wife, even if he afterwards bre- marries uh, his brother's wife's sister. Where two brothers marry two sisters, um, so Rambam agrees that the first. Uh, prohibition is the is the prohibition uh, which exists in halacha, not the second one. Uh, however, he did say that one violates both, in the, meaning not that one actually violates both prohibitions, but that it does have ramifications with regards to uh, burial. That even though it's a prohibition, it, it's a prohibition without a punishment. The punishment doesn't exist, but it's still a prohibition nonetheless. And it has ramifications in terms of where a person is buried, because there is a halacha. In fact, it's uh, according uh, to to the Chasm Sofer. Uh, some of our classic uh, uh, poskim and leading poskim. This is a a biblical mitzvah. This is a mitzvah deoraisa that uh, a person that we should have different areas in the basic varus in the cemetery where this is designated for the tzaddikim, for the righteous, and then this area is designated for the less righteous, and that. This would definitely would be taken into account. The fact that a person violates two different prohibitions in this uh, in this context would be taken account into account. Even though the second prohibition, one doesn't get the punishment for the second prohibition, uh, but the fact that one violated a prohibition uh, would be uh, taken into account. Uh, as as we mentioned, this doesn't this idea doesn't really apply practically uh, today. But just one reason for this idea is that. Uh, as explained by some of the postkim, uh, is that the the burial still causes some connection between the people that you are around, the other people who are buried uh, next to you, and that the neshama still has some sort of the soul has some sort of connection to that uh, to that area, and they are impacted in in some way, um, in some spiritual way, to the other neshamos, to the other souls that are also in that in that area, and so therefore. Uh, it's better for the tzaddikim, for those who are righteous, to have neighbors, essentially, who are also righteous so that their souls, uh, in some way, are still uh, hovering or connected to that area and so they're next to other, other tzaddikim, other people who are righteous. Okay, that was from uh, from the last Gemara that we, uh, we learned. Uh, the Gemara now is introducing a question, uh, but the question... And the analysis will only take place in next week's daf, on, on the page for next week. But the introduction will take place uh, for this uh, for this daf. And essentially what the Gemara is doing, the Gemara brings down three different disputes between Rebchiyah and Bar between two people, Rebchiyah and Bar Kappar. These are three different disputes, which are very similar disputes. And so the Gemara will bring down the disputes in this on this daf, on this page, and then the analysis will take place on uh, next week's stuff. So we will just read the disputes, and then next week we will analyze how it, what it has to do with in isr chal Isra. It's connected to this concept of whether or not one prohibition could exist if there's already a pre-existing prohibition with regards to um, this person, this relationship. Other examples as well. Um, so we'll see that uh, next week. But let's just read the the different disputes we have the following three uh, disputes. The Edmar, it was stated. What happens in the following case? Uh, we know that there's a prohibition for only the Kohanim can serve in the base of Megdush, in the temple. There's a prohibition for somebody who's not a Kohen to serve in the base of Megdush. So let's say a non-Kohen serves in the base of Megdush, but not only do they serve in the base of Megdush, which is one violation, they also serve on Shabbos. In general, a Kohen is allowed to serve on Shabbos. Uh, they're allowed to serve in the base of Mikdash on Shabbos, even though there is a violation of Shabbos uh, within the service itself. Uh, one does violate Shabbos. However, uh, we, it's uh, it's allowed. It's allowed for a Kohen to serve in the base of Mikdash, even on Shabbos, even though it would seem like there's a violation. If it was outside the context of the base of Mikdash, it would be a violation on Shabbos. But in the in the context of the base of Mikdash, for a Kohen to serve on Shabbos is uh, perfectly allowed. But what happens in a case where it's a non Kohen who already is violating one prohibition to serve in the base of Migdash? They're not allowed to serve in the base of Mikdash to bring a korban, to bring a sacrifice. What happens if they come to the base of Migdash? They bring a sacrifice and they do it on Shabbos. Do they violate two prohibitions or one prohibition? Uh, essentially asking this, uh, this heter, when we allow uh, the service in the base of Migdash on Shabbos, is that allowed uh, for everybody? Even if you're not a kohen, even though there's a separate violation for a non-kohen to serve in the base of Megdesh, is that a? But the fact that it's not on Shabbos is that allowed for everybody, or was that heter only allowed for the Kohanim, only for the Kohanim, but not for anybody else? And so, therefore, it's also a violation of Shabbos. So this is the dispute. Reb Chia Shaim. says that there are two violations. Bar Kapara achas, Bar Kapara says that there's only one violation. Not only that, but they are both arguing about what Rebbe said. What did Rebbe say? They're both arguing in the name of Rebbe. Kovach Rebchia v'nishba Rebchia made the following uh, Shavua he swore Ha'avuda he said that he he took a, a, a swear by the by the service of the temple a real uh, a, a very serious Shavua very serious uh, uh, Shavua a swear Kach shematim Rebbe he said I heard this from Rebbe Sh'tayim that if they, one violates two prohibitions Kovach Bar Kavara v'nishba Ha'avuda Kach shematim Rebbe Achaz Bar says he says, "No, I also swear that Rebbe said that one only violates one prohibition." And now they explain their reasoning. Shabbos l'kol Ruchia says Shabbos is a prohibition for everybody. Everyone, uh, no one, everyone has to keep Shabbos. Keshehutra <laughs> b'mikdash, and when they allowed it, they allowed it in the temple, but only etal kohanim hutra, only for the kohanim. is uh, Below his arm. They only allowed it for the Kohanim, but not for somebody who's not a Kohen. So therefore, there are two violations. One violates the fact that if it's a non-Kohen who, works, who brings a korban, a sacrifice in the base of mikdash, so that's one violation. But the fact they're doing it on Shabbos is a second violation. Bar Kappar argues and he says, no, Shabbos is forbidden for everybody, but when they allowed it, they allowed it in the base of mikdash; they allowed it for anybody in the base of mikdash on Shabbos, to serve on Shabbos. And so therefore, there's only one violation, in Khan Elazaris, there's only one violation for a non-Kohen to serve in the base of Megdash on Shabbos. And the fact that it's Shabbos, that doesn't matter, it's still allowed as long as it's in the place of the base of Megdash, but there's a separate violation of the fact that he's not a Kohen. And that would be the violation. And so we have this dispute. And we'll quote two other disputes of the same people between Rav and bar Kapara of similar examples. So the second dispute is as follows, ba Shishimish Shashimish a bamom, even a kohen, uh, is not allowed to serve if they are bamom, if they have a specific type of a blemish. If they have a specific type of a blemish, they are not allowed to serve in the base of Mikdash. Uh, the case here is where uh, it's we are discussing a korban sebor. There are different types of sacrifices. Uh, when it comes to the sacrifice for a communal sacrifice, for the community as a whole, so there are certain cases where we allow... A korban seabor to be brought, a public sacrifice to be be brought, even if there is tumma, even if there is impurity. In general, if somebody is impure, so then they cannot bring a korban. Uh, however, um, if uh, there are some exceptions to that, and one of the exceptions is if it's for a communal sacrifice. If it's for a communal sacrifice, uh, a korban seabor, so then it would be allowed. It would be allowed for the Kohen in a state of tumma, in a state of impurity, to bring. The korban. But what happens in the following case where it's a balmum, somebody who has a, a kohen who has a blemish, if he has a blemish, he's really not allowed to bring a sacrifice. And he's doing it in a state of impurity, so the question is, everyone agrees that he violates uh, the prohibition to bring a korban, to bring a sacrifice as because he has a blemish. But does he also violate the, the violation of bringing a korban in the state of impurity uh, because if he wasn't a balmum, if he didn't have a blemish, he would be allowed. Uh, to bring it in a state of impurity. But now that he has a blemish, so then maybe we should say that there's also a violation of the fact that he's doing it in a state of impurity. So this is also the same dispute. Rabbi Omar says that there are two violations. Bar Kapar Omar Bar Kapar says that there's only one violation. Kavas Rabbi ben Rabbi Rabbi says, he takes a shvua, he swears that Rebbe, he's of the opinion that Rebbe, he heard from Rebbe that there are two violations. Kavas Bar Kapar ben Baha <laughs> but Kapara, he, he swears that no, there's only one violation. Hisla Rhi explains his logic. there's a prohibition for everybody to uh serve in the base of Mikdash in a state of impurity. it's a When they allowed it, in the cases in which they allow it, uh for a for a Kohen to serve in a state of impurity, they only allowed it for the Kohanim who are. To mimim who are unblemished, but for kohanim, who are blemished, it was never allowed. Therefore, there are two violations. kamisham bali There's a violation uh, for this kohen because he has a blemish, and in addition to that, he has a violation because he's doing it in a state of impurity, which is not allowed. It's only allowed if you are an unblemished kohen. But if you, if it's a, a if it's a kohen who has a balmum who has a blemish, then it is not allowed. Uh, so therefore, there are two violations. Bar argues his Bar Kapar loves, and he gives his argument, his reasoning. Toma lekol Toma is not allowed in general. A person cannot bring a sacrifice in a state of impurity. When they allow it, Ba Mikdash hutra. They allow it in the place itself. It's not about whether you're a blemished kohen or an unblemished kohen. They allowed it for everybody as long as it's in the base of mikdash. They they allow it. So therefore, in khan elamishem ba'mum. So therefore, there's only one violation of the fact that he is a ba'mum. The kohen is a blemished kohen. And therefore, he cannot bring his sacrifice. But the fact that he did it in a state of impurity, that is not a prohibition. Because since in this case, it would be allowed for a, uh, an unblemished Kohen to bring the sacrifice in a state of impurity, so too it would be from that prohibition alone, it would be allowed. There's a separate prohibition of the fact that he's a blemished Kohen. But from the perspective of the prohibition of uh, being in a state of impurity and bringing a Korban, that would not be uh, a violation. That is example number two. And finally, the last example, example number three, Zar Sha'achal Meliko. This is the case. The case is a non-Kohen. So again, going back to the case of a non-Kohen, a non-Kohen is bringing a sacrifice. This is a very specific type of a sacrifice. This is a sacrifice which is a bird offering. When there's a sacrifice of a bird offering, uh, so the sacrifice of a bird offering does not have the normal shita done. It doesn't have the normal way of of uh, slaughter, which would make the animal kosher. It's done through through malika. Malika is uh, is with the nail, and so therefore it's a very different type of a korban, and it doesn't have the regular uh, way of slaughter. And so therefore, there is a discussion when a non-kohen does it, uh, and he also eats from this uh, this type of a slaughter of done by malika, not the normal way of of koshering and making an animal kosher, uh, so then he certainly violates the prohibition of serving in the base of Migdash as a non-kohen. Does he also violate the prohibition of eating the bird offering in which uh, it is not kosher? Because uh, when we say that in general, if a kohen brought it, so then uh, he is allowed to eat it. Uh, but do we say that he's only allowed to eat it because it was allowed for him to bring it, even though it's not a normal way of making an animal kosher? Um, but if it was a czar, if it was a non-kohen, so then maybe he's also in violation of the prohibition of eating non-kosher food, because this would not be the normal way of regular shkita, of regular slaughtering. So this is the third dispute: zar shalcha malika. Let's say non-kohen, he ate from the meat of a bird offering when it was slaughtered through malika. And malika again is that a very different way of slaughter with. The nail, and not uh, not the regular way of shchita to make an animal kosher. So, Rebchiyah, the same exact dispute. Rebchiyah uh, says that there are two violations. bar uh, Barkapar says that there's only one. First, rabbi uh, he gets up and he takes a shvue, he swears that Rebbe said... That there are two violations. Bar says, "No, I hold that Rabbi said that there is only one violation." And he also takes a shvua. He also swears. Then Rabbi explains his logic. His Chia Ladun. Rabbi says, "Nevela la Nevela to eat non-kosher food, food that was meat that wasn't uh, slaughtered properly. That's a prohibition for everybody. When they allowed it in the base of mikdash, because to be done for, through malika, a very unique way of of slaughtering the the bird." Offering, so they only allowed that. It's a kohanim That's only allowed for kohanim. It's only allowed for kohanim to eat from that type of a slaughter, but not for a non-kohen. Therefore, there are two violations. There's one violation that the non-kohen is serving the base of Magdash. and then there's another violation, really eating uh, eating the sacrifice. That would be the violation, and then the second violation would be the fact that he's eating non-kosher food. Bar Kapar says no. Uh, non kosher food, if, an, if the meat animal was slaughtered in a non halachic way, that is a prohibition for everybody. That's in the Vela. That's non kosher food. When they allowed it, when they allowed it to be done in the base of Megdash with this bird offering through this different type of a slaughter with, uh, called Malika, uh, with the nail, so that's allowed for anybody in the base of mikdash. So therefore, in Kanel Misham so therefore for a non Kohen to eat from the meat, uh, so then. That is a violation of a non-Kohen to eat from the meat uh, that that they're not allowed to eat from. Uh, however, in terms of the violation of eating non-kosher food, that would not be a violation of eating non-kosher food because in the basin mikdash itself, that is not viewed as non-kosher. That would be allowed to eat; it would be permissible to eat that food. So we have three different disputes uh, between Rav and Bar Uh The first case is a non-Kohen who serves in the basement mikdash on Shabbos. Uh, the second case is a bamom, a, a kohen who has a blemish and he brings a sacrifice in the state of impurity. And then we had our third case of a non-kohen who eats from the bird offering when he's not allowed to eat, he's not allowed to eat from that offering. Uh, and the question is, well, it's also might not be kosher. And we have this dispute uh, in these three cases uh, about whether or not there are two violations or just one violation. Um... And that dispute will be further analyzed on the next page, on Lama Gimel al Aleph, uh, which we will discuss in greater detail in next week's recording. So this concludes, this is the third recording, and this concludes uh, the daf for this week.